the NetDeckers podcast. I am Nate Piercy, and I am your host. And like the Hall to my Oats or the Simon to my Garfunkel, I've got my co-host Tony Devet, Tony Levesque. If I can pronounce his last name properly, <laughs> he's the lemon to my lime, the lime to my lemon. He's super deaf, ill with all the fine women. If you'd like to get a hold of us for any reason, whether it be to tell us that we are wrong about a hot take or to agree with our hot take or, you know, do we have hot takes? I think our takes are pretty solid. I don't think they're pretty hot. No, I think they're fine. But, yeah, you know. I think they're pretty fine, too. If you think one of our takes are hot, let us know. Or, you know, if you want to offer us a boatload of money and sponsorships, I'm Darth Heretic and he is MTG underscore Tony. And the podcast is found pretty much everywhere as the Filthy Net Duggers podcast. It doesn't even have to be a boatload, honestly. I'll, I'll take a, a car load, you know. That's true. Whatever. But that's a right. A Cantono. I'll take a Cantono of money. I don't even know what that is. Correct. But I'll take I'll take a coffee cup filled with Correct. money. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Nate, that's right. You are like the sour cream to my onion, the Frito to my Lay's, and we couldn't do the podcast without each other. No matter how hard he tries, he can't get rid of me. Get rid of you? I mean, I could easily get rid of you. But then the podcast wouldn't be the same. You're right. It would be a better podcast. But I, I, like, I like it the way it is. We don't need to be better. No, 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 no. It needs to stay just like this. No, it does need to get better. But with you, you, you just need to get better. That's all. Awesome. Oh, I'm right. obviously okay. great. No doubt. No doubt at all. Anyway, we've got a historic episode for you today. Maybe a, a popper episode. But Maybe not, a popper episode. Not an explorer episode? No, not, no explorer today. I'm sorry. I played Explorer. Well, too bad. We don't get to talk about it. Wow. Anyway, first up, we're going to hit up our uh, fan favorite segment, of course, FND 101, a portion of the show where we get to talk about, you know, our week that was. And then we're going to move on to, of course, casual upgrades, where we give a small piece of advice to help you enjoy the game a little bit more. And then we're going to move on to Minnow, where... Minnow? <laughs> wait, wait. Minnow? What is Minnow? Is this some sort of stupid acronym you've come up that does not need to get made up for any reason whatsoever? Our segments need names, Nathan. Okay? I simply shortened Magic News of the Week, M-N-O-W, oh to Minnow. So, yes. <laughs> That's Minnow. That's M-Now. It, no, it's Minnow. M-Now. Minnow. You know, okay, so can you imagine the word no with a K, but without a K with an M? It's minnow. So it's got a silent, invisible K in there? <laughs> if you can imagine a silent, invisible K. I think we are all understanding now. Okay. And that's where we're going to talk about the most interesting news of the week that happened. And then we're going to follow it up with, of course, deck lists. You love it, don't you? You know you Silent love Minnow. Silent Invisible K, you're ridiculous. <laughs> Name of the show, Silent Invisible Ks. <laughs> FND 101. FND Nate? 101. Yes. Nate. How was your New Year's, Tony? Um, New Year's was good. New Year's was good. I went over to my friend Rob's house, and um, we did some karaoke. We played some card games. Um, he actually played cards, which is surprising, because the kid does not like playing games at all. Wow. And then we had some food, and then I went home. I think I left there around eight o'clock. Yeah. And uh, stayed at home, watched TV with the wife till like ten o'clock, and fell asleep. Yeah. You know, so it it was nice for me. I liked it. Yeah, I, I did absolutely nothing. We did literally nothing. My wife went to bed at eleven forty-five, 
came into my what? office here. <laughs> yeah, right? Eleven, if you're up to that late, you might as well stay up till doesn't midnight. E- doesn't even care. Just passes out of it. Goes to bed at 11.45. Passed out by midnight. She literally was like, do we want to watch the ball drop? I'm like, I don't care. She goes, I don't either. And then put something else on and passed out. <laughs> and I came into I came into my office here, played magic until about 1 o'clock in the morning. Midnight mm. rolled around. I sent one text message to one person to wish them a uh, happy new year. And I didn't even get back it. to you. It wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't even you, Tony. No, it was said, not. Correct. I said one person. It was my mom. My mom was the only person I sent a Happy New Year text message to at midnight. And yeah, that that was it for New Year's for me. My wife, uh, my wife mentioned to me about a month ago that come the New Year, her her aunt and uncle were going to be in town and wanted to come up and go to my restaurant and see the house. Yeah, it makes sense. That's coming up this Sunday. So. Over the weekend, she was getting in contact with everyone to make plans, and it winds up it's not just going to be me, my wife, and her aunt and uncle coming. It's now her cousins coming, her parents are coming, another aunt is coming. We've got ten people. Oh, that's... And and so we've got a big group going to the restaurant, and now a big group coming to the house to see the house for the first time. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so you got to clean up the house. Oh, so yeah. Ready. So that's been my week this week is just straight, and it's the cleaning the random bits of clutter that we just ignore all the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. You know, you're like, oh, that's cluttered. But as long as that's cluttered, we're good. Everything mm-hmm. else is clean, but we that's cluttered. We'll organize that some other time. Yeah. No. Now is that some other time because <laughs> you know. It's like all of the people on like Danny's mom's side of the family who we haven't seen in a couple of years, mainly due to COVID. And yep. now that everything's a little bit more relaxed, they want to, you know, see everything. So they want to come over and we're like, all right, yeah, absolutely. And they've never come over to like mine and Danny's apartments even. So this is the first time they're ever seeing our living space. I'm a little bit nervous about it. And Danny's like, we'll be fine. Mate. Like, I know, let's just make sure the place looks good. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's what you want to do. <laughs> You know, we just bought the house six months ago, and we don't want it to look like we've just let the place get smashed. <laughs> and Danny's like, don't worry, Nate, my house, our house is nicer than my aunt's. I'm like, okay, Danny. Nice, nice. And I can say that on this podcast, because her aunt never going to listen to my, my podcast ever, so. What about when we make it big? Um, at that point, she can like, come out. Like, episode 85, when all of a sudden we get a million listeners. <laughs> We're eating one right now, Tony. Yeah, the next four episodes are going to be wild. Some sort of viral thing needs to happen in the next four episodes. And I don't mean COVID. Yes, no, no, please. (laughs) Uh, Anything uh, else with you this week? Yeah, a few things. I um, I had a New Year's Day tournament uh, that I went to for bowling. Yep. And it's a nice, it's a fun one. It's very relaxed. And I just went, as a matter, as a matter of fact, I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, warming up and I see your wife's dad walk in (laughs) (laughs) and he just wanted to come hang out and like watch the tournament because he lives, he must live close by to it. I'm assuming he lives in Amesbury. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. And the tournament was in Amesbury. So he, uh, he just comes walking in and I'm like. Brian, what's going on? <laughs> and so, like, we talked for a little bit. He ended up staying with me and, like, watching me the entire time. Yeah. It was, like, I don't know, three hours. 
So he was like rooting me on, and he kept score for me for a little bit. Nice. Telling me what I was doing wrong. Yep, sounds about right. Sounds like yep. my father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to bring up the whole, I'm like, oh, Brian, I hear you're pretty good at organizing cards, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a million at home if you want to take care of that. Because <laughs> you said all I have to no do points. is ask him. No, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty good with uh, knowing um, card values, too. I'm like, hmm, anytime. <laughs> but no, he didn't really bite for it. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up middle of the pack in the tournament. So I didn't win any money, but I didn't My get last place. ended up messaging me, too. She was like, uh, Brian's watching Tony play bowl. I'm like, oh, I know. Tony messaged me, too. <laughs> Hope they have fun together. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a good time. <clears throat> and um, you probably don't ever watch football, right? Do you ever hear any football news? So, I don't know. I just, I, I thought, thought this was pretty, like, interesting. So I thought we'd talk about a little bit of football. Okay. Uh, the Monday night football game. I came home after working at the Toy Soldier. And normally, Brian's downstairs watching the game. And uh, Katie's in the bedroom watching the game also. I think I did hear about this. Yeah. This was pretty big news, right? This was, yeah, yeah, really big news. Huge yeah. news, yeah, all right. Yeah. So I did hear about this, yes. Yeah, I was wondering if you had even heard about it, where there was a hit on the field, mm-hmm. and apparently he got hit just right. Like, it wasn't even a hard hit, wasn't it, wasn't anything? I what, I saw it, because, like like you said, yeah. it's kind of big news, and I'm like, all right, this, what, what hit? And then I watched it, like, literally three or four times and went, huh. That, that was a nothing hit. But apparently if you get hit just the right time during your heartbeat cycle and, you know, it's at the right spot and the right everything, your heart will just stop. And apparently that's what happened during a football game. Crazy. And Yeah. It, as a person who used to run a football program, we we um, all had to learn CPR. We all had to. We had um, AED. It's a, yep. you know. Shocker thing. Yep. Portable defibrillator. Um, the the people who were in charge of the league all had to learn how to use it. We got yep. tested because it's actually the number one killer of youth athletes. Wow. Yeah. And not more, nothing else more than the heart stoppage based on this exact thing. Do you know what the number one killer of youth video game players is? Nothing. Go play video games <laughs> instead of football. That's all I'm saying. No, no, no. Like it, it's very rare, but it is just something that can happen. And I was just like, it. You know, it's just big news, and I thought we should talk about it. You know, yeah, kind of like sucks. You said, huge, that crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy to me. And like I said, I watched the watched it a few times. And went, come on, I know I've seen harder hits than this. Oh, oh, hundred percent, you have. Yeah, yep. I've seen this, harder hits in my youth league than, this than that. doesn't look like, it. was this the hit? And then he falls over and they're like, okay, yep, that that's the hit they're talking about. That's the hit that all of this is talking about. Yep. You can see he gets up too at first. He, he gets up like it's nothing and then just on his back. Yep. Reminds me of the magic card. Um, oh, it's like you're already dead or something like that. I don't know if you've ever seen this card. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's from. Gonna have to be more specific. Myself. It's from a Kamigawa set where a guy is sliced in half with a katana. Okay. And like he's still alive. It, mm-hmm. c- creature was dealt damage this turn. Destroy it. 
Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like one of those things where, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Nope. <laughs> no. No, I am no, not fine. No. Not fine at all. Yeah, and that's exactly. I'm, I'm good. Nope. And then, boom, straight down. It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, if that had happened, like, in during practice, he probably wouldn't be alive anymore. Just the fact yeah. that they're, yeah, because someone might not have seen it. Like, they rushed him right away. They got him CPR yeah. right away. They got the defibrillator going within five to ten minutes. Yeah. Oh, you know, and they were doing chest compressions the whole time, so. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. <clears throat> yeah. But it's good to know that, like, that is something I could actually have done. Mm-hmm. And it's something we all practiced for the safety of the kids. It's just the, and I've seen this personally, not with someone in danger like that, but it's the, can you do it? Mm -hmm. Not you're physically able to. Yeah, you've been tested. Yes. Now the time has happened. Now the person is down. Now the situation is going. Does your body do that? Your fight or flight, does it fight or does it flee? You know what I mean? And some people, some people freeze up. Some people go, oh my God, they're down. What, what do I do? Well, this what is why I it wasn't just down? one person who learned this, this. I know, but you know, you know, and then it's the, but I've seen it happen with just, I work mm-hmm. in kitchens, you know, I know I've seen something catch on fire before and what to do when something catches on fire in a kitchen. Yeah. I've seen this other people with the same exact training as me. Who who should know what to do? Stand there and go. It's on fire, and I'm like, yeah. What, what do I do? Boom! Put the fire out. Just, just put the cover on the thing. <laughs> you put the cover on it, it will go out because it's not going to get the oxygen. We have the same training. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the can you answer that? You know, a towel catches on fire, thrown on the floor, and just step on it real quick. It's out. You know, it's that quick. I've seen that happen. Some A towel is on fire and someone's like, oh my God, my towel's on fire. Now I got to do something. I'll take half a beat to see if you're doing something. If you're not doing something in half a beat, I'm there doing it for you. Sorry. Well, absolutely. You should. <laughs> you know, it, it, and it's like, how are you freezing right now and not just handling the situation? Some people freeze in that. Some people can handle the situation. Yep. Yep. For sure. You want to move on to casual upgrades now? Sounds good. Oh, actually, I had one more small piece of FND stuff. Okay. Brian's supposed to be moving out soon this week. What? He uh, he hasn't officially been getting the apartment, but he was approved for almost everything. Nice. And so they're doing the criminal background check, and he hasn't done anything illegal. So That you know of. That he says. He's like, I haven't, no, I've never been arrested or anything, so... Any you know. anytime I've had to have a criminal background check, my answer is always it's if it comes up that I used to dress like a Jedi, that's not gonna come out bad for me, right? <laughs> They're like, why would that come up in a criminal background check? N- never mind, never mind. <laughs> no, he gets a laugh every time. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, he uh got approved and he's gonna be leaving. <laughs> you happy to have a spare room again? No, not at all. I, I want him to stay. Yeah. Of course, I like having my kids around. Yeah, you, you love your kids. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. you still got one st- staying around, though, right? Yep. <clears throat> For another and then, year. And then you got your wife there still. Yep. <laughs> That's the TikTok. Yep. <laughs> no, of course, of course. Okay, now we'll move on to casual upgrades. Casual upgrades. Uh, so, 
I played Commander this week, believe it or not. Okay. I normally play Commander this week. Normally I do, and I didn't, so that's funny. Oh, see? Uh, we had a weird amount of players, so um, I had the Toy Soldier. So one of the pods had a bunch of people that like I consider friends. You know, I'm very friendly with. I've gone out to drink with one of them, so mm-hmm. that's usually one of my litmus tests. And um, we they were like, friends? oh, Tony. I'm most, you know, acquaintances. We, we've never gone out for drinks, Tony. True. Uh, yes, we have. Alcoholic beverages? Fat cats. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah of course. I was just going to say, co- Dunkin' Donuts coffees don't count after a nope. re-release. Nope, it doesn't. Nope. But we have been out. We went out for dinner. It was a very sure. nice dinner. Yeah, we did. Uh, so anyway, they, they were like, Tony, can you come join us? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So the last time I played, yeah, Matt Proctor was one of them. Um, Brian, I don't know his last name. I should know his last name because we're Facebook friends, but I don't. And Andrew, and I don't know his last name. But anyway, um, the last time we played, Proctor, um, he shroomed me, is what I call it. Yep. He has shroomed the Hegemon, and he cast a bunch of spells. He had Bolus' Citadel and Aetherflux Reservoir out. And yep. he just cast everything yep. off the top of his library. And there's like turn six, he just 50 everybody hit the table. Cool. That was fun. <laughs> Whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. It... It's Commander to me. So I was like, okay. So I brought my strongest deck that I have. Edric, the Spymaster of Trust. Okay, I don't know if I've ever talked about this deck. This deck is probably five to $10,000 worth of value in it. Okay. <laughs> it's just all of my good green-blue spells mm-hmm. and cards just mashed together. That's really all. Okay. So I play it. And at, t- at the my last turn, I had drawn my whole library. I had Omniscience in play. Um... Uh, what else happened? Oh, I had an infinite number of Scoot Swarms, basically. Because I just played a ton. All my lands. It was cool. It was fun. Quote, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> and um, at first, I kept missing certain triggers because so much stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. And then I was playing cards. I'm like, I don't even know what this card does. <laughs> like, I just knew it was, it was an expensive card, so I threw it in. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow, a zombie's familiar, if you're familiar with that card at all. I am not familiar with the familiar. So it says, if you would draw a card and said, look at the top three and put one into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library. Okay. So then when I was drawing infinite number of cards, I then was searching for three. Mm-hmm. So that way I could take infinite turns with a bunch of other stuff. Yep. But Proctor kept getting mad at me because I'd miss a trigger. He'd be like, well, you missed this, you missed that. And I was like, yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> and I didn't know, like, like I actually had to read what some cards actually did. Oh, no, you had the RTFC, Tony? Not yeah, that. my own cards. He's like, you I should know that. what all your cards do. And I'm like, I, I guess. I just, is, there was too much going on. Wrong? I don't I don't really know what the upgrade is here. I just kind of wanted to say how I beat him real bad. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't miss your triggers. Uh, try to know what your cards do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't read this ahead of time. I didn't read any of it ahead of time. Everything I saw the whole thing. He goes, I played Command. I'm like, all right, he'll have some story. I'll wait to hear it live and react live. <laughs> And then, of course, I don't take prizes when I'm when I'm playing. 
Yeah. Because it's not fair, you know. I, Correct, you work there. I'm, I'm working. I'm actually working at that. I'm getting paid money. It's better than, you know, a prize pack. It's the same reason why when I go to the place where Danny works, if they do door prizes, I never win a door prize. Right, of course. Yeah, Because it looks be. like, even if my name would get pulled, it looks bad if I win the door prize. Mm-hmm. And I'm yep, okay definitely. with that. You'll never hear me complain about it. So then they had to play another round with that group <laughs> to see who got the prize because because I won. Because they were like, oh, sure, and you're just going to take the prize now, too? I'm like, no, no, of course not. Here. <laughs> but it was good. Yourselves. <laughs> we got two new players this week, which was nice. Awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. One had never, hasn't played since Born of the Gods. Had not played a game of Magic since then. Wow. And he's like, I still have some commander decks from back then. Is it going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, you'll be fine, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. There should yeah. be no issue with that. Yep, he had a good time. He stayed the whole night. You, you might need to learn what some of the new stuff is, but... Uh, but Probably learn a lot. Speaking of that, that's going to come up in Magic News of the Week. Magic News of the Week? Or or Minnow, as we call it now. No, we do not, but okay. We definitely do. We definitely call it that. So, <clears throat> anyway. Oh, the first bit of the news has a lot to do with Commander. Um... Okay. So there, there's been this tweet going on on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, on Twitter, where apparently a lot of the prices of Magic cards, of singles especially, has tanked recently. And it's yep. not because everyone's playing Modern Horizons 2 cards. It's not because, um, you know, nobody's playing Standard anymore. Like, that has a little to do with it, of course. But it has more to do with the fact that they're just literally reprinting every commander staple in every commander card into oblivion and then there's a new commander product every week every two weeks there's 1.19 commanders every day day every so, single day for the record we're 4 days into the new year we don't have any new commanders yet just saying they're already <laughs> so oh sure. maybe maybe they fixed the problem <laughs> and so well, the, this the, this tweet by John Corpora, uh, he pretty much, I think, runs TCG Player, if I am correct, but maybe not. But I anyway... I have no idea who this person is, to be completely honest with you. And um, he brings up Vendillion Click in particular. And well, it's funny, because that was another card you mentioned before seeing this particular tweet. Yep, exactly. And for the entire time since it came out until about... Five years ago, maybe yeah, about five years ago, this card was a forty dollar card, all the time. Story. Got a quick story about that exact card. Okay, Modern do it. Modern Horizons one or two. Which one came in the little square boxes instead of booster packs? You're thinking Modern Masters two. Thank you. Modern Masters two. Yep. For Christmas one year, one of the guys I used to play Magic with, who I no longer play Magic with, um. Got me and got me a pack of that for Christmas, and he got himself a pack of that at the same time. He bought two packs, gave me one, and kept one for himself. That's what I pulled out was a foil Vendillion click worth nice five dollars at that time. Seventy five. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. And he was he was so pissed because he got <laughs> nothing out of his pack. And I'm like, that's the Christmas spirit. That is not correct at all. That's the Christmas spirit. Not, hey, you you got the good card good. 
it's your, it was your Christmas gift, but mad because I could have gotten that if I just went like this with the packs, you know? Dude, that's Final a $75 game. gift. That's fantastic. Correct. That's the way I would look at it. Not the way he looked at it. I remember giving a booster pack of unglued as a as a Christmas gift. I couldn't think of what to get the guy he plays magic. Unglued booster pack. You never I paid like $15 for it at the time. So Wow. Right? Not not a bad mm-hmm. uh, that's I'm like, you know, that's not a terrible price for a booster pack, so I paid fifteen dollars. He opened up a card I did not know existed at the time. Super secret tech. Ooh, neat. Uh, it's a foil card. All foils get um are reduced by one cost as long as it's all a, premium cards. All, as long as it's a premium card, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. That's like a fifteen dollar yep. card. That's awesome, dude. Congrats. Because that's how you should feel when someone opens up something good mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, I'm so happy you got something good for out of that, and not some like crap bulk rare you wouldn't even like. That is a great pull out of a pack. Awesome. Yep. Exactly. But anyway. <laughs> these yeah. Cards, so. Yeah, so apparently there's a lot of cards, especially like the middle of the pack cards, mm-hmm. that are all good cards. Like, they're very good, very strong cards, but they are just tanking because everyone plays Commander now, basically. And yeah. there's a new Commander every week, and, and people they, want... these cards have been reprinted out the nose with mm-hmm. all these new re- Commander reprints. Do you know what one that comes to my mind is? Beast Within. Yeah, yeah, as an uncommon, that card mm-hmm. used to be worth always five bucks. Yep, uh, because it was on because it was a, from one set. But now they've printed it so much that I've got the version. I got, I bought a pre-made deck, and it was in that pre-made commander deck. And I'm like, oh, I think I have a secret layer version of this. Oh, look, I do have a secret layer version. And I move my secret layer version over. I'm like, wow, this card is this common now. I remember mm-hmm. being like, oh, wow, this was like a... You were excited to open this card up out of your booster pack. And now I've got so many of them that it's not even that big of a deal, you know? Like, I'm happy when uncommons are cheap. Because mm-hmm. that's the way they should be. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want my Vendillion Clicks to be a dollar. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, that, that takes the collectible out of the collectible card game. And Some I don't want everything to be... because. You want you want some cards to be a dollar because you want everyone to be able to play the game. You know that's I, the that's the other argument, right? No, and I understand that, and that's what uh, like Tularean Community College is always arguing. He wants everything to be a dollar, mm-hmm. and that way, you know, everyone can access it. But it should be everything, and you know, it should be Fetchland should be a dollar too, you know. I realize I realize saying that right now is terrible because fetch lands are literally the cheapest they have been in history. <laughs> yep, exactly, and that's why this is the exact same thing that this guy's talking about. TCG player is well, I guess they're not really losing a lot of money because they don't have a lot of stock. It's everybody using them, mm-hmm. but stores like Star City Games, like they're, they've got to be losing a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And Channel Fireball, if that was still selling singles, it's got to be losing a ton of money. Yep. But they went to the t- uh, TCG players. That way it's the little stores that are now taking the, the hit and, instead. And local game stores, too, you know? Imagine mm-hmm. a local game store buying a buying a Vendillion Click. Let's use that as an example. They buy a Vendillion Click for... It's a 20 bucks. It's a, 60, it's a $40 card, so they buy it for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. They buy it off the person for $20. Nobody buys this Vendillion Click. It now gets reprinted. 
that $40 drops down to $30, and now they're like only $10 in price. Nobody has still bought this Vendillion Click. Now <laughs> it's been reprinted again. Now it's a $20 car that they bought for $20, and now they have to sell for $20. And now it's still sitting here at $20. Oh, did another reprint come out? Now it's even less. <laughs> now it's a dollar. Now it's literally a dollar. You have, you, you've lost a lot of money. It and this is definitely going to hurt the small stores like this. I'm sure it would sell quicker than I'm saying it would sit there. I'm sure right. it doesn't sit on a shelf for that long. But it might. It certainly I mean, sat in my binder for that long. This is something like Danny would probably know more of. but Because my store doesn't sell singles, really. Yeah. He, he, we have a small collection. Um, but, you know, we don't really sell singles. And it's because of this. He doesn't want to open up a box and then have it not sell and not be worth anything six months from now. Yeah. And uh, my wife's store is probably Very the, large. Biggest, <laughs> the biggest um, singles magic seller in the state of Massachusetts. So if, yep. you, know, uh, if you happen to know Gaming Etc. in Acton, Mass, my, my wife works there one day a week. She's good friends with the owner. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she would definitely see it more. I don't know if, how deeply she looks into the numbers, but I'm guessing their inventory has gone down in value. I'm sure. I'm sure at least her uh, boss would have something to say about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. So it's just something. If you want to buy singles, now is a good time to buy some singles. If you need them for your deck, I wouldn't buy be investing on, right now. Buy on TCG Player, Foil Vendillion Click, Modern Masters 2015. The one I have saved in my binder. $75 card. How much? If you had to guess the price of that card. Uh, well, if the regular one was a dollar, we'll, we'll go with $10. Um, so the cheapest one on here says Jumpstart 2022 at $171. Well, that's not foil. Correct. And this is a foil... The uh, secret layer foil is seventeen seventy two. This buy foil on TCG player for this Modern Masters twenty fifteen foil six fifty eight. Ouch! Well, that's the buy you said, or is it the buy on oh. TCG player? Oh, you can buy it. Yeah, yeah. six fifty eight. Yep. Foil buy foil on TCG player. Yep. So, yeah. if you've ever wanted a foil Vendillion click. Save yourself $70 and buy it now. Yep. The Judge promo version is still 50 Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Significantly less of them. The original Morning Tide is $7.40. Wow. Unreal, isn't I'm it? sorry. Moderately played. You can buy it from TCG Player for three seventy eight. Moderately played. <laughs> wow. That is the big. Original. Yep. Ouch. I. Yep. And and this is what people like Tularian Community College are trying to get done. I want things cheaper. I don't know if I want them this cheap. Because oh. I have a large collection and it's not my retirement or anything ridiculous like that. But it's, you know. A whole bunch couple of magic of... cards to bomb a house. I'll say that much. I sold a bunch of magic cards when my wife was out of work. You know, it was it was what we used. Mm -hmm. And if things keep getting reprinted like this, I can't do that if, you know, one of us is out of work. Well, if I get injured somehow and can't that's work. That's the point of the reserve list, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do we need to reserve list again? 
I don't think that's going to happen, but... No, uh, and, you know, I I don't really know because some of these new cards are still very expensive, but the issue is is they're just going to drop in price at some point. Correct. And yeah, they're expensive some now. Cards. There are still some cards. I just uh, I just got this brand new... Saved myself $150 on this brand new Mana Crypt. Oh, look at that Mana Crypt. Nice. Yeah, $150 because, you know, if... Uh, they're going to be selling booster packs of magic cards for $250, and they're just full of proxies. This one has an actual magic pack to it. Mine in the crypt. That's all I'm yeah. going to say about that. Mm-hmm. I need it for my coin flip deck, Tony. It's Commander, okay. are they going to care? Anyone nope. sitting around my Commander table at my house going to care that I'm using this? Nope. No one's going to care. I, I would care, but it's... Is... I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be like, Ugh, really? Okay, I guess. Yeah, I'm not spending $150 on a Mana Crypt. Sorry. Yeah, but it's also not a card you need. Correct, you're right. It's not a card I need. And that's whatever. that's what always like gets me, is when it's a card that you don't need, it just makes your deck stronger. It's like, okay, like, um, I was talking with one of the guys who comes in and plays rarely at our store, Josh McCarthy. Mm-hmm. He brought a deck and it had a bunch of proxies in it. Mm-hmm. But the proxies were all the dual lands. And I'm like, you you don't need those, though. You can yeah. just put shock lands in. And yes, they're not as powerful. Mm-hmm. But there's not yeah, a big got, difference. I have my Jota deck and I just put all of the lands I own into it. And I even thought to myself, yeah. well, why don't I just proxy the dual land? Uh, no, they're... Like you're saying, of course I can proxy duels and put dual lands in all of my decks the same exact way, but I'm like, like you said, I, there's no I can way. definitely see if you um, are making a token deck and you don't have an anointed procession and you really want one. Okay, put it in there because it's an expensive card. And, sure. and that's what this is. This is it's my coin flip deck. This is the coin flip card. This is yep. the coin flip artifact that, of course, they didn't put into it because they can't add that to this deck and sell it for $100 because then it well, will immediately sell out and take the price of Mana Crypt. They could. They could have done that. I mean, you had to wait a year for it anyway. <laughs> Might as well have gotten a Mana they Crypt. They should have had Mana Crypt as the bonus card for making us wait this long. A nice mm-hmm. foil mana crypt as the bonus card. Here's you've waited a year for it. Here you go. This is why it took so long. Yep, I, that would have been cool. Sell your foil if you don't want the foil mana crypt. Sell it and make your money back for the whole deck. <laughs> All right, that took a long time for that small article. <laughs> Correct, but makes yeah, sense. It does. Uh, Mark Rosewater also just released his Stormscale Part Two. For um, sets recently. I didn't even see this. Oh, you didn't see this? I didn't see this at all. All right. Yeah, actually, um, in our Discord that the patrons have exclusive access to. Oh, patrons? We have patrons? We we do. We have patrons. How and, do you know what access are And you former co-hosts. <laughs> uh, if you want to go to um, filthynetdeckers.com slash... No. Patreon.com slash filthynetdeckers <laughs> See, I do podcast. Yep, and that's that's where you go when you want to you want to help support the podcast. That'd be great, and um, and then you get exclusive access to our Discord, and you get to tell us what should be on the show. And they were like, "Hey guys, you know they just released this uh, part two. Why don't you do that?" And so guess what? That's what we're gonna do. Thank you. Because who said that? 
Uh, that was Luke, who was on our Luke? show. Awesome. Well, thank but you. then him and Connor had a long conversation about it. Yeah, I if they I missed this. I did not see any of this happen. That's funny. I think it was last night that uh, they posted it all. Gotcha. So that kind of makes sense. Alright, uh, so I'm seeing this for the first time, so this might take a little bit. Alright, so This is also my first time. Awesome. Alright, so modal double face cards. Zendikar Rising, Keldheim, Strixhaven, School of Mages. Um so before I read any of this, I love these. These are great. Yep, same. I want them, them not great. in every set, but maybe, I want them. Maybe the double face planeswalker and Asika with the two faces is a little much. I kind of like the land being on the back instead of a whole bunch of ridiculousness on each side myself. Yeah, I do like that, but also it made Charbelcher kind of crazy. So there's advantages but, but, and disadvantages. But the pro- that's the problem with Charbelcher, though, not with the double face lands. All right. Okay, Popular- fair enough. Popularity says very popular. Modal double face cards were introduced in Zendikar Rising as cards with lands on the back. They then appeared as Kaldheim on the gods, finally, in Strixhaven's on Deans in some spells. The land versions were most popular. Yep, and the Deans were least popular for being too wordy on the back. That's what I just said. Players yep. seemed to really like modal double face cards, but there are some lessons we learned about what makes the most appealing. Keep the back simple. Yes. Should yes. also point out that DFCs as a category is quite popular with players. Yeah, okay. because those deans, I don't know what any of them do. I nope. wouldn't even put them in my deck because I had no clue. Nope. And the other thing that's difficult for, I've seen newer players, by newer players I mean a player that I've played Magic with for two years now, putting these cards into his hand and being like, uh, this, just keeping it as the land in the deck the entire time. Like, no, that it's got to be the spell. You can't leave it as the land in your deck. It's got to be the spell. I can't search for this as a land. It's not Mm-mm. a land to search for, you know. No. That's why it needs to show the sorcery on the front and not the land. You know, there's issues with that as well for newer players and players who don't play digitally like you and I and just don't have that option. Correct, yep. This is design space large. This is more of a tool than a mechanic, and there are a lot of things you can do with it. The biggest issue is that your choice is powerful, so the two sides must be costed with that in mind, which does have some impact on what you can design while keeping things exciting. There's also a conversation to be had about when to use split cards versus when to use double face cards. Our current policy is to avoid double face cards that could be split cards. Um, I personally am not a big fan of split cards. I would rather have the double face cards. Wow. That way I get the whole card, like image and everything. There can be more words on it. So the you like that it's more wordy then? Because that's, Not necessarily. That's like the main with it being a spell on both sides or a creature, like not maybe not a creature and a spell, but a spell on both sides. I don't like having to turn the card also to figure out what it, I'm when trying to. When you turn read. the card, it's very obvious that they've got a split card in their hand. Yeah. Like, Especially I don't mind split like cards. Pre-release. I've just never been a huge fan of split cards. Yeah. Especially not when it was, like, Aftermath, where one side was face up, one side was sideways. Yeah, that and, was weird. Don't do you that know, ever again. No, please don't. Um, next up on this says, versatility, flexible. The reason you don't want one modal double face card in a set is mostly about production and logistics, rather than game design and MDFC. Being in a set doesn't cause the set to change much, mechanically yeah. speaking. Adding a few ways to get cards back to your hand so you can cast them as the other side makes the biggest impact. 
Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Development play design, neutral slash not problematic. Play design does a lot of spells with choices, such as split cards or cards with kicker, so MDFCs aren't really adding something to the table that they aren't familiar with. Andrew has told me that the trickiest MDFCs to balance are the MDFC lands, as their play design is very time-consuming because there are a lot of numbers to figure out. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Interesting. So, like, the the pathway lands, is that what they're talking about? I think they're talking about Kazandu Mammoth. Okay. We don't like Kazandu Mammoth. Why? <laughs> Honestly, look at the card. Why don't we like it? It's a land on one side. It's a 3-3 three, three for three mana on the other side. That'll be a 5-5 five, five if you play a land. Why don't we like that, Tony? Because I feel like there could be something better. Like, and, that, and that's it. Like, I just feel like in the three better, drop slot. It, there's Exactly. It's the cost of that card. If they made that card to a two drop, Oh, they reduced the they, but you'd have to reduce a whole bunch of numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, two for two with a um, landfall ability of give it plus one plus one. Love that card. Would absolutely love that card. It's at least a two two for two that can attack in for three. No, I'd rather have the three three that makes a five five. Yeah, I. I, But but either way, there's numbers to move around. There's numbers to move around that you can make Kazandu Mammoth a better card for you and I. Clearly, we're wrong because it gets played all the time, and we don't know (laughs) what the hell we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's something. But and to them, probably they're like, "No, you're absolutely wrong. We do anything else to that card, it breaks it." But we, but we're not in that circle, so we don't know that. But I understand what they're talking about. Uh, playability, it says playability affected. MDFCs require sleeves or checklist cards. There are memory issues with what's on the backside. Why wordy backsides are unliked. They also have some weird rule interactions. 100%. Yep, exactly. The, the backside with a lot of rules text, I did not like. It's Again, I like the, the I like that I nailed this without looking. Like I, mm-hmm. I, All of these points were what I said ahead of time. Um, MDFC has been done in moderation and considering how easy they are to process in your hand will play well and are very popular. The storm scale says four. They have also had a huge amount of flexibility allowing us to do cool new things with them in the future. I'm quite optimistic we'll be seeing them again. I do want to note that they are more of a design tool than a mechanic so I believe there's also a lot of new design space to explore where it's doing something a little different than what's already been done. Awesome. I agree with that completely. Mm Mm-hmm. Storm Scale 4, I like it because that means we'll see it again. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we're definitely going to be seeing those again. I want to know what you I want to know what, now what you think about each one because I I kind of glanced through it. It's not the first time I've seen it. No, so. no I haven't even looked at this yeah. yet. So. so yeah, let's just see what you think about Party. All right. Um Party was from Zendikar Rising. Party was boring. It didn't do enough and it always felt like when it when it came out in Zendikar Rising the thought, I remember the thought at the time being like, all right, it's okay. We have a D&D set coming out, though, and the party mechanic with the D&D set is really going to help because we're yeah. going to get a party, and then that went nowhere. It went absolutely, and, like, they didn't even started bother. nowhere, and just it went, <laughs> it didn't go anywhere, so uh, it, that's just how I feel. I don't know. I'm sure the storm scale could be either. It could be high because they're like, we know we can do more with it. We just haven't hit it yet. Or it could be no, no one like this. Just leave it alone. 
Yeah, for me, it was always hard to have four creatures on the board at the same time. Correct. That was so impossible and to do. And if you already have four creatures in play, you're kind of already winning, and these cards are like win more cards. Yeah. There are a few of them, like this one showing Levada Shield of Seagate here, that is a really good card, whether or not you have a party. Yeah, correct. If you happen yeah. to have a party, yeah, you're doing really good. Nice. Congrats, you have a party. If not, it's a 3-3 flyer that you can sack to give Hexproof or Indestructible and all your creatures get that. You've got a couple other creatures in play, but you're trying to do a party deck already. That's what you're trying for. This was a very good card. You saw it in non-party decks. But the yep. party oh, yeah, yeah. part of it... Just, eh, that's I had it in my Angel deck for a little while. Correct, yep. So let's see what it actually says now. All right, yep. Popularity, unpopular. Wah, wah, wah. Just, it was the exact same thing you said. It was the least popular of the keywords from Zendikar Rising. It had its fans, but no, didn't really. nobody really liked it. Like Mutate, it had its fans who were quite fond of it? Wait a minute. There were people who were fond of Party? No, there's there's no way that's true. Okay, all right. Just just I just want to make sure we agree on that at yeah. least. <laughs> there's no. I think a lot of people wanted party, like you said, to be good, mm -hmm. and you were excited for party, mm -hmm. and when it didn't live up to any expectation at all, yeah, it, it was it like just yeah, went, no. blur, blur. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, its design space is just medium and small. Okay. If. I mean, if you're talking about a larger use of batching creatures together, sure, there's a lot of space for that. Mm -hmm. But with these specific ones, eh, no, not really. Yep. The effect uh, needs to have an upgrade and tie into creature strategies as party requires having a lot of creatures. Yep, yep. Its versatility is rigid. Party requires a lot of structure to support it, and not just in that set itself, but in all the sets surrounding it. And they didn't even do it, yeah? Yep. Um, his guess as to why it was the rating was so low is that it was hard to successfully build competitive constructed decks with it. Mm -hmm. Not it was hard to. It was impossible. Correct. You couldn't do it, especially if there were any wrath effects at all out mm -hmm. there. Like, no, it just wasn't going to happen. And you can't not have any wrath effects because if not, then creature decks just take over. Right. Yeah, so, no. Uh, development play design problematic. Wow. This was... This was only one of the two mechanics that Andrew dubbed problematic. Wow. Party requires a lot of support to be viable, and it's dependent on a heavy creature-based strategy that's hard to make work in competitive formats. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to make this actually work? No. If... You just ignore it and go to try something else, and you let someone else figure it out, and you net deck it later. I mean, unless you like changed it so um, changelings were all four. Mm-hmm. And then but never put party on any of them. Yeah. But put them in sets surrounding them. Yeah. Then I could see it working. Because then they have to kill that, you know, one changeling. But that doesn't work. Yeah, it only works yeah. as one. Correct. You would have to change how the rule works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's playability. Playability affected. It requires constant monitoring of what creature types you have. This is especially hard for an opponent who is less familiar with the deck. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's hard for me when I'm playing with the deck. Yep. Because I tried a few times and I'm like, okay, what is this one? Like, why is this one a wizard? Why is this? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Which one's it's a, a rogue? Which one's a wizard? Yeah. And then the, the two arts look similar enough. So then yep. you're like looking at it and you're like, ah, yep. I don't remember now. Mm -hmm. And it's not like every color too had all four things. 
Or if they did, like, they only had, like, one wizard or one, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, <clears throat> uh, Storm Scale on that's an eight. Not beloved, hard to balance, not a recipe for a return. But there was something lovable about the flavor, and players do request that they bring it back. No one's asking to bring Party back. No. Except no. for the D&D sets. And make it work in the D&D and sets. And make it work, yes. correct, yeah. Make, but you got to do something to make it work in those D&D sets. Alright, next up says Snap-on Equipment. Ravnica, Marizin Besieged, Ixalan, Throne of Eldraine, and Zendikar Rising. Wow. Really? That many <laughs> sets have this? Yeah. So, the, my thoughts I, on these is this is so good. It should have been there from the beginning with equipment. Um, agreed. It is incredibly... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? There, without even realizing it, I guess. Because it's just... I didn't realize how many sets it was in. You know, I think... When I think Snap-on equipment, I think Throne of Eldraine due to... Well, well, that's when it really started. Like, there were other ones in Ravnica and Mirror to Besiege, but they were just, like, I think one-offs or, you know. Mm-hmm. It, but they weren't in there. Yeah. Throne of Eldraine really pushed it. That those, that Embercleave was amazing. Like, this is showing Maul of the Skyclaves was an amazing card to play in, a de- in decks for a while, giving a creature plus two, plus two, flying in first strike for three mana that's that's amazing and then the best part about these is they are costed real well with their equipped cost being very high so you get the cheap cost of it now and then if they kill your creature you still have a chance to use your equipment mm-hmm. it's just going to cost you a little bit more it, which is fine i would cl- always take that it feels very much like fixed auras to me so I'm sure the storm scale is very low on this, probably a four yeah. or a five, that they'll probably 100% make it again. All right, let's see. Popularity, popular. Pa- players generally like equipment, but aren't overly excited by it. It's flavorful and plays well. Snap-on equipment is the higher end of equipment players enjoy. Players tend to like getting free things, so a free equipped is well regarded. That yep. is true. Yep. Des- design space media. Most equipment... What? Most equipment effects could snap on, so the design space is of a decent size. There are some in R&D who believe all equipment should snap on because they think it plays better. The other side believes that just equipment feels better than auras, and that a free attach would make auras feel worse. Isn't that what I just said? Is it kind of feels like fixed auras? Yep, yep, for sure. That's kind of exactly what I said. So, design space medium, I guess it makes sense. But only because you're affecting auras? No, but you're also affecting equipment, too, because equipment doesn't feel as good if it doesn't snap on. You know what I mean? That is true. So any equipment you make from here on in, you kind of have to think of, should this be a snap-on equipment? I mean, but I think the flavor kind of, you could just make the flavor work, you know? Like, a found sword isn't necessarily one that's automatically equipped, but if a creature just comes with it, you know? Yeah. Versatility, flexible, sets can have any number of equipment, even one, and any equipment could snap on, so it doesn't much dictate the structure of the set it's in. Uh-huh. Awesome. Play Development slash play design, not problematic. Snap-on equipment is easy to balance and plays well. The only issue Andrew brought up is that it adds a line break that can cause problems with wordier effects. True, okay. but then you don't have to do it on the wordier ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Playability not affected. There are no major issues. Storm scale 2. Awesome. <laughs> equipment is ever clean, so let's say snap-on. Equipment is deciduous. Any equipment, any set with equipment can consider using it. Boast. Wow. Wow. Boast, wow. right? Wow. We are not going to be boasting very much about this particular uh mechanic. This mechanic was so bad. Um, So, boast is you have to... It's a... It's a word, so each time you see it is going to be a little bit different. You've got to pay an, a mana ability to gain something, but you can only do that as long as you've attacked with a creature this turn. With that creature. With this creature this turn? Correct. So the creature needs to attack, live through combat? No, no, nope, it doesn't, doesn't have to live to... through combat. It just needs to attack to be yep. able to use the thing. And most of the time you're going to want your creature to live through combat. <laughs> most of the time. Yep. And it has to be um, um, an instant type effect, because it Correct. couldn't be a sorcery effect. Correct. <laughs> yeah, no, this was not very good. This is terrible. Boast was not very good at all. They The abilities weren't amazing. I mean, I don't know. You look at Varagoth, the Blood Sky Sire. It's right here. Boast, one in a black. Target player searches their library for a card, shuffles their library, and puts that card on top. That's a good All right. Thing. So, for, so you're just you're describing the card demonic tutor, correct? No, vampiric tutor. Except you don't vampiric. lose life. Okay, because yeah, if you put the card on top, so you don't even get to draw the card for the same for two mana. But yes. don't forget, you've also paid three mana for it last turn, and now you've had to attack with it. Yep. At least this one has death touch, so that and, way they're less likely to block and it. Dragonkin Berserker over here has first strike, so when it attacks, you know, it'll. It'll deal damage before the blocker, so it's got a little bit of evasion on it. And this mm-hmm. is boast abilities. You activate cost one less for each dragon you control. But this never paired with anything. It no, just never no, it went did anywhere. Not. The only one of these that did anything was Usher of the Fallen. And that's because it was it, a one drop. It was a Savannah Lion that could do something. Yes, and that's good enough. <laughs> and that and in white, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. All right, let's read this now. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Popularity not popular. Boast fell in the bottom 25. I think people saw this as a drawback. Here's a cool activated ability that you can't use all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It was meant as an attack trigger that required mana, but I understand how we template a mechanic matters a great deal of how it's publicly perceived. Sure. Even if it's an attack trigger that that costs mana, it's still a bad one. Yeah, it is. And it, Do you know it's mostly because your creatures... Do what's a good attack trigger that costs mana? Embercleave. <laughs> yeah, sort of, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Um, design space medium. Boast is near the line of small and medium, so I was kind to it. <laughs> Most mm-hmm. activations usually want to be in something that's relevant during combat, although it's sometimes just an ability that you must risk creature to access. Boast is yet another example of a mechanic that has a smaller vein of good design space that plays well in a larger vein that's potentially doable. While grading future design space, I'm counting what would print and not what technically could be printed on a card. Okay. Okay. Alright, that makes sense. Versatility neutral. Every set has creature combat, so most could work in most sets, but to optimize it, you really want a set that's more focused on creature combat than the average, and you probably want some cards that encourage you to aid in attacking. All right, makes sense. 
Development play design not problematic. To quote Andrew, a creature-centric attacking mechanic that involves mana is play design's bread and butter. Yeah, that's super easy. But, <laughs> but that's the thing. Is it's only bread and butter when really we want chili to dip our bread and butter in? I, you know, we want, we want a steak. We want a filet. We don't want bread and butter. That's all. Yeah, um, I, I think the mechanic could have been a lot better if it was... If the cards were better. Maybe. If it was more Usher of the Fallen type things. Mm-hmm. But the one-off chance that, you know, your Dragon Kin Berserker or whatever that card was gets to make a dragon, it's so rare that it actually happens. Yeah. Playability. Playability not affected. Boast has no rules issues, no memory issues, no, no. play issues. The tiny logistical issue of tracking what creature are attacking. But the game makes you play close attention to that anyway. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Storm scale six. Okay, easy to bring back, but in the right set, we consider it. But it's not the kind of mechanic players clamor for a return. You no, know what we're if, gonna see if I never saw it again, I'd be okay. Do you know where we're going to see boast again? We're gonna, we're gonna. This is my. I'm cashing. This is my receipt, so we can cash this later. Okay. Ravnica. We will see boast on a Ravnica set as one of the. We've Small. got a brand new set with 12 mechanics in it. Boast is going to be one of the sets for, like, Boros? Yeah, it would have you know to be a I Boros mean? set. Boros yep. is going to have Boast as one of their mechanics or something. It's gonna That is where it's going to come out. Boom. Receipt. Moving on. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right. Changeling. Um, I love Changelings. I think Changelings Who doesn't love Changelings? They're fantastic. Right? Changelings are great. Um, it's all upside. Correct. It's all upside. There's really... The only time you would really be mad about having a changeling is when you're not looking for a specific creature type. Um, Choose a specific creature type, all creatures, other than it get minus three, minus three. And they just happen to have, you know, a changeling in play. And you're like, oh, look. Boom. You know, but other than that, there's really no issues with it. Everyone loves a changeling. They're good when, you know, these... the. The ones they're showing here are really good. Realmwalker is really good. I've seen it played in, like, the Angels deck. I'm running an Explorer, actually, as a way to keep playing Angels off the top of your deck. Mm-hmm. You know? I can see it. I haven't tried it yet, but I can see it. Um, they're good when they have other abilities that affect any other creature that it wants to. That's my opinion, at least. You see, know? I see this as the bread and butter of creature types. Yeah. This is the kind of creature type that no matter what set it is, if there's a couple changelings, you don't need, like, a ton of them. Mm-hmm. But then, all of a sudden, your rat deck gets a little better. Or your, yep. you know, the warrior tribe that they have been pushing in this set gets a little better. Mm-hmm. Just because they have a card that always goes in it. And Rumwalker's a great card for that. because Oh, yeah, can, for sure. It can help you cast your rats. It can help you cast your angels. It can help you cast your wolves. Whichever one you want. Yeah, and it actually makes it more fun at that point. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's not more necessarily competitive, but the fun decks, you know, nobody, like a rat deck isn't necessarily going to be a great deck. Uh-huh. But, you know, there's enough changelings. You could play it. You could have fun with it. All right, so this is popularity. Very popular. Creature type themes are very popular, so it comes to no surprise that the best creature type glue we've ever made hits with all the players. Design space large, any creature could have changeling mechanically if we wanted. We could raise the cost on most cards, but there's a huge number of potential designs we could make. Awesome. 
Versatility neutral, you wouldn't put a creature with Changeling in a set unless that set has a creature-type theme in it. Most do, so the barrier is low, but odds are when you're including it in a creature-type, plays a larger role than normal. Yep. Yep, I can see it just in any any set, though. I could really see it. You've just got to find an excuse for that particular thing to be a changeling in this particular... Right. In, why does Theros have a changeling? Because of this. Just come up with an excuse of why Theros has a changeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, play design development neutral. Play design has learned over time that the way to balance creatures with changeling is to have a cost a lot for the effect, but when it does matter, the effect can be quite strong, especially in older formats. Yep. Sure, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that Realm Walker is overcosted, but that's no, nope, I don't either. Um, playability, play not affected creatures with changeling force you to monitor creature types. That's usually a theme for your deck. So it was like two, four. Okay, players adore changeling. It's good glue for most creature type sets. Something we make often. Something we'll see return most likely numerous times. Okay, foretell. This one I think is going to be tricky. Really? Because I, I love Fortell. Oh, I love Fortell too. I think it's good. But yeah. I don't know of, like, the design space for it. Can they put uh, it a lot of spaces and have it really work? You, I think you could. Can you foretell a creature? Um, Dream Devourer can. So, there, yes. There are foretold, foretold creatures? Yeah, well, Dream Devourer, you, any card in your hand gets foretell. Interesting. And then it foretell two, and then they cost two less to cast. Or, you know, whatever. You know, yeah. So this and is probably pretty high then. They probably really, this is probably. You don't think it's coming back? It, uh, probably will come back, yeah. Oh, so low. No, low. That's what I mean. Yeah, low. It's probably, the, it'll probably be four or five on this story. The only reason I can see them not doing it is they got to make the words foretell fit in a set. Yeah. Like scrying and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It just has to fit the the flavor. Yeah. All right. So popularity, very popular. Fortel was the most popular mechanic in Tell Time, and one of the more popular mechanics in the frame of this Storm Scale article. Wow. Wow. Okay. I, I did not know that. That's cool. I wouldn't have known that either. A uh, design space medium Fortel can go on any card type, but ends up wanting to be an effect where foreknowledge will lead to interesting game interactions. Well, this isn't a narrow category. It's not as robust as one might assume. In other words, you can't foretell on just about any effect, but not every yeah, effect wants to have foretell or will necessarily play better because of foretell. Right. My only thing I could say about this, I was playing a deck earlier this week, Mono White, they foretold a card. It was a Mono White creature deck, and they hmm. foretold a card, and I'm like, why? <laughs> why are yep. you... Now, alright, you're telling me you have a Destroy, destroy all creature card in your hand. Not you necessarily, for- but you would think so. So do you, th- that's exactly what I thought. That's my exact thought was they've, you've got to be able, that, that's what that is, right? That's what that is. So I pull up Scryfall. Starheim Unleashed. White Fortell. I'm like, okay, that's the other, I'm like, okay, that's it's what that's what it's gotta be. It's gotta you're playing, be. Yep. You're playing a mono white um, creature based deck. You're telling me you have a board wipe in your hand. I mean, I'm playing mono green, so I definitely am playing out creatures too. No, 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 no. It was the destruction card. I can't think mm. of the name of it right now. And they blew, it, and I'm like, but why? 
But why? I like literally pulled up Scryfall and went, nope. And then when it became my turn and I knew it wasn't an instant because it flicked, I'm like, not that card, not that card, not that card, not that card. Because there's a bunch of instants with in white with Fortel. Yeah. Yeah, the only one I would assume if it was a creature deck would be Starnheim Unleashed, which yeah. makes all the 4-4 four, four angels. And, that's not an like, instant. but It's a sorcery, but yeah. so is the you know mass destruction the wrath, spell. Yeah. The Wrath is also a sorcery, so I'm like, all right. It's not that, but they they went a few turns without casting it either. Like six or seven mana in place. I'm like, why? Yeah, why that's weird. Why are you even that, running that in was, that deck? And then why are you telling me you have that card? Because foretelling it just tells me you have it. True. Um, versatility. Neutral. Foretell is a good example of a mechanic that can be dropped in a set and work, but is better if the set builds tools to optimize it. You want to create moments where you can make plays that consider you have the foretell available, which requires you pushing the design in certain directions. Okay? Sure. Sure? <clears throat> um, play develop Development, play design, neutral. The tricky part of balancing foretell cards for constructed formats is that you want enough of them to be relevant so the opponent doesn't automatically know what the foretell card is. See my previous story. Meaning you need to pick enough effects that will matter in the constructed format you're building towards, which further limits what effects make for best foretell cards. Mm-hmm. That That is my only point with this, I think, is if you don't make enough foretell cards, it's obvious what you're foretelling. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. Playability affected. There are logistical issues to putting a card in a zone other than the battlefield while remembering that it's relevant to the game. Valid. In addition, face-down nature of it requires some concentration by all players. Also valid. In Arena, it makes life's easy. It's just in your hand here. It's floating right here in your hand. Not in real life. Real life. Yeah, you put it down on the table and then... How many times you, have you played Commander and forgot, oh, I've got my Commander I can cast, too? Oh, yes, for me all the time. Yep. <laughs> oh, wait, I have a Commander? Yep, especially when the Commander isn't necessarily part of the strategy. It's just the it's colors. Just, it's just the yep. colors of the deck. Yep. Yep. And this says, Storm Scale 4. Fortel was a big hit. It's flexible enough that it's used in various types of sets, so I'm optimistic, I'm optimistic we will see it again. Snow! People love snow. Yeah, everyone Ice loves Age, snow. Cold Snap, Future Sight, Commander 2019, Modern Horizons, and Keldheim. People love snow. Um, these Snowland Swamp Forest enters the battlefield tapped. I don't know if they're strong in the sense of um, <laughs> constructed, like, competitive play, but they're a they're a land I have that you put can them in competitive for. decks. They're lands you can fetch for. They're snow lands. Mm-hmm. They're really good. They're snow duel lands. That they're fetchable snow duels. They're fetchable snow duels, dude. That's I know. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, they come into play tapped, but some sometimes your fetch lands are going to come into play tapped anyway. I know. I play them in historic decks. If I have like into the north, yeah, it lets me search for a snow land and put it into play tapped. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just going to take the snow tapped duel anyway. Yeah. Yep, it's great snow. And um, snow mana, air quotes, snow mana, I'm sure is a little difficult. So I'm sure there's stuff to do with that. So, you know, so uh, let's see. Popularity, popular. Snow ended up being the second quarter of polling, although it's well liked it was more polarizing than the average mechanic fans of snow super type adore it. But others were cold on it. 
It's terrible. People don't like snow? Who doesn't like Like, I know the only reason people wouldn't like it is because they were like, well, snow lands are just always better than lands. So why not just put all, all your lands be snow lands? And that's the only reason I've ever heard anyone say a bad word about snow stuff. All right. I understand. Uh, design space large. Typically, snow sub super type has huge design space. Most cards flavored correctly could have it, but we tend not to include it unless there's a larger reason. There's been a lot of debate in R&D about whether cards that match flavor should have the super type. There's a big worry that it leads down a slippery path, which could include a lot of extra words for minimal, for minimal mechanical payoff. I completely yeah, agree. I think it should only be in certain sets, for sure. Why stop at cold things when you get... Things have their own super type. Once you open that Pandora's box, it can get quite crazy if you let them. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Um, versatility, neutral, rigid. That's an argument that has sway with how you judge this category. If you believe snow should only show up when it's mechanically relevant, then there's a decent restriction on when you use it because it requires an environment where snow makes sense to a mechanical reason for its existence. If you're on the other end of the argument, you feel it's something that makes cards mechanically relevant in the big picture, but not necessarily in the set. There's a lot more freedom for when you can use it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, play design neutral. The current rule is we only add snow when it's mechanically relevant, so it adds layer of mana requirements whenever we use it. The biggest deal in draft is we have to make sure we're setting levels right so enough people can draft snow mana sources without being too easy to do so. See, I don't think about this stuff, so... Yeah, it was... The snow in, in the draft set recently... Yeah. was the most powerful one. Yeah. So everyone was drafting snow, if you could. Interesting. Yeah. Playability, playability affected. Snow requires monitoring of snow permanents. This can be a, any permanent type. It does sometimes it's hard to keep track of. Okay, especially for people who aren't familiar with the deck. Storm sure. scale is five. Snow has lots of fans. We make plenty of environments where it can flavorfully work. So I'm confident that snow will likely be a mechanic that shows up from time to time, although my guess is not too frequently. I don't think it should be too frequently. No, I, I, I feel like five is about right. I want it, you know, every couple of years. Uh, yeah, I agree. Every couple of years, give us some snow. Definitely don't wait 15 years again before we see snow. Yeah, no, that would be too much. Uh, lessons and learn? I mean, I don't know. It was okay. I mean, it uh, wasn't... I, I did not like this mechanic. well-liked, but... It does a little... It does its thing okay. You know what I mean? Are you, Do you ever really use it as a looting thing? Or Rarely. was it only... Was it only, I've got this little seven-card sideboard in my deck and I want to use this weird little seven-card sideboard? For and me, then, it was a better limited mechanic than a constructed mechanic. And then the, the lessons... Lessons were okay, but none of them were amazing. It was always like, I'm, I'm willing to pay this because it's not in my deck. It's a free card. Free it's cards free... were great. Yeah, I'm willing to pay the extra for the card for the fact I don't have to keep it in my deck and I don't always have to worry about running into it. Yeah. Alright, so popularity liked. Really? Lessons and cards would learn with a third quarter of polling. They're tricky in draft, not playable in commander, so I think most players don't have much experience in them. The players who have opted into playing lessons and learn spells do seem to enjoy the gameplay. The fact that they're not playable in commander, I think, is dumb. I agreed. You should should let them have a sideboard in commander. But that's not wizard's choice. Still dumb. Yep, agreed. Yep, I, I know. 
Whoever's choice it is, still done, regardless. <laughs> um, design space medium, there's a decent amount of design space for lessons of the learn mechanic. I could imagine that a different set wants to be fetching different things, but I'm intrigued by the scope of what these mechanics hint at. That said, any mechanic that lets you choose from a variety of options is more powerful than it might seem at first glance. Requires being conservative about what cards we let players fetch. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is why most of these cards in the lessons were just mediocre cards. They're, like they're there was no cards you really would ever, You would not really want to ever put the card in your deck because there's always better no. options for lessons than what's in your deck. But that also stinks as a card to pull out of a booster pack. Yeah, but if you're drafting, mm-hmm. okay, you know, sure. then you you want them. Yeah. Um, Rid- versatility rigid with lessons we must be very conscious of the environment that are being played in you want to make sure the things you're fetching make sense in the larger context the structure of the set including which subset of things you're looking for and how the rest of the set cares about that thing fetching instances and sorceries for example work well in strict savings because it was a set about playing them all right mm-hmm. and maybe the lesson later we can learn is a creature yeah it doesn't have to be necessarily lesson learn it could be you know, combat train and, you know, mentor creature. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just the, the concept of it. Gotcha. Like, lesson learned was good for a school, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't necessarily be the two. And now, if you change the names too, then you don't have to worry about one from the past all of a sudden being fantastic. Tony, that's a great fix for this. That's a very good idea. I like that. Um, Development neutral. Andrew said that lessons and learn spells were not as difficult to design as they were time consuming. You have a total control over what's fetchable, but there's a lot of number wrangling. Okay. Playability affected. There's logistical issues because you must monitor cards that aren't in your deck. Yes. Sure. Storm Chaos 6. We'll assume we'll do lessons and spells with learn again or something similar, but we'll need to find the right set where it makes sense. Like I said, I, I hope we never see lesson and learn again, but give me it in a different format, maybe. Yeah. yeah like, it, lesson and Learn wasn't bad. It just was, for me, okay, it was cards I was going to play. I was happy to get a free card on a already strong card, like Divide by Zero. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really necessarily cards I would want. Yeah. They're cards that, uh, do they have an enchantment? Yep, this overcost enchantment destruction is here. Good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. kind of what it is. It's worth it to pay the more mana for the enchantment destruction because if they don't have an enchantment, you have six other things you can grab. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Magecraft. Uh, what was Magecraft? All I see is Magecraft, <laughs> Strixhaven. I can't even see any cards with Magecraft. Whenever you cast a spell, it gets something. Whenever you cast a spell or copy. Whenever you cast or copy. That's what Magecraft yeah. was. Okay. So this was probably pretty good then because you're already casting spells. You want you get bonuses yeah. for casting spells are always popular. Professor Onyx you, was a win con. You know it's going to be hard to track though. Also, yeah. Well, maybe not because it's just whenever you cast. It's not yeah. like it's you know for each time you cast, mm-hmm. cast or copy. You know, so yeah, this was probably pretty popular. Popular it was well liked with the instant and sorcery theme of Strickhaven. and only the mystical archive scored higher. Wow. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. Um, design space medium. Well, also look at the set it was in. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> design space medium. We mostly design magecraft to go on permanence. It needs effects that are generally useful when you cast an instant, which can limit some options. All right. There's also the type of mechanic where there's a lot of nuances in design that play well. That said, there are plenty more magecraft cards to get Oh, designed. I can only imagine there's going to be a ton more cards that they oh, could yeah. make with this. Because it's just... It's just the word magecraft. You can... This is... Anything that has ever said landfall can say magecraft, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that simple. Um, neutral magecraft can work in any set, but ideally we would want it to be in one where there are more instants of sorceries than normal. Also, the mechanic cares about copying, so extra copy effects are also a nice thing to have. Correct. Yeah. That's yep. what made magecraft magecraft, I think, was the copy, and not just whenever you cast a spell, do something. Magecraft is what we call an A-B mechanic, that is two different elements that have to be combined together. In this case, A is magecraft, B is instant and sorceries. A-B mechanics are easier to balance because play design has control over the volume of each component. Interesting. Okay. Playability not affected. Magecraft needs you to monitor when instants and sorceries are cast or copied, but that's not too tough of a thing to care about. Storm scale 5. Magecraft needs to be in the right environment to shine, but it's popular, has a lot of design space, and easy to balance, so I expect it will return. Yeah. Yep, me too. All yep. right. Mystical Archive and Bonus Sheet, Time Spiral, yeah. Strixhaven, Modern Horizons 2, and The Brothers War. Everyone loves this. Who doesn't How? love extra cards? Why wouldn't you want to love getting an extra card in your set? You. I thought I thought you didn't like this. I don't like when there is ones that make no sense and there is too many of them at once. Don't give me Transformers and this other one and this other one. I don't need five different versions of of Elish Norn. Give me <laughs> one. Like th- this is a bonus sheet of extra cards. Love this bonus sheet of extra cards. Yeah. Love okay. this. Why it needs to be attached to Brothers War? I don't know. Why it needed to be attached to Strixhaven makes sense. It was the most popular thing in Strixhaven because Strixhaven kind of sucked. Yeah, well, Strixhaven was terrible, except for the Mystical Archives. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Right. But very popular. Bonus Sheet in general has always been a fan favorite, but the Mystical Archive was particularly a runaway hit. Bringing back popular reprints is always a recipe for success. Well, and they put, like, Counterspell in there. Yeah. Finally made it legal in... Uh... Lightning Bolt. Yep. Such good yeah. cards. Demonic but... Tutor. Yeah. Design Space Medium, if all we had to do was reprint old cards, there'd be plenty of cards to choose from. But bonus sheets were popular from the past, so that generally lessens the card pool available. Okay, but still there are a lot of cards players want us to reprint, especially with new and or frame treatments. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah I, I don't see this as a small design space. This is like the largest design space of all time. Any card they've <laughs> printed already, all they have to do is batch it together with a bunch of cards that kind of seem similar. Yep, exactly. Um, versatility neutral. One of the things R&D cares about is a bonus sheet is integral to the set it's included in. Some sets have themes that make it easy, while others have themes that make it more difficult. But we also sure. must be careful how we do bonus sheets, because reprints are a resource used in many different products. We now have to be careful to dole out. I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, playability not problematic, as long as there are extra cards available, allowing them to kick out problematic cards. Play design doesn't have an issue with bonus sheets. The biggest impact one you see is in Strixhaven and the Brothers War is making the bonus sheet an integral part of the limited environment that is the element that takes the most time to balance properly. Again, not th- something I think about, but understandable. Yeah, some of those ones were really powerful in uh, mm-hmm. limited. And uh, I guess I played with them in the pre-release, and yeah, my semblance anvil absolutely helped me out in the pre-release. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. Oh, Phyrexian Processor is a very strong card. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> playability not affected. Bonus sheet sometimes uses mechanics that don't show up in the rest of the set, so there could be a little extra complication and a rule is issues, but other than that, they're pretty straightforward. And most of the time, when you're playing, someone is going to know how that card works, because it's a popular old card. Yeah, exactly. Stormscale 4, the popularity of bonus sheets mean I expect us to repeatedly use them, although judiciously? Is that that word? That is the word judiciously. Interesting. I've seen deciduously, but not judiciously. It means they have to really decide when they want to do it. So that was very interesting and took a whole lot of time, and I apologize for that, but it was very interesting and I enjoy it very much. You can find the Filthy Nettickers podcast on all social media. Follow us everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe if the person in charge of social media was in charge of it. Uh, well, send me all the videos after you edit them, and I'll post them. How about that? <laughs> uh, you can find me at MTG underscore Tony or Nate at Darth Heretic on Twitter. Also, don't forget, Filthy Nettickers podcast on Twitter. We're, just come check us out. Please. Um, Patreon.com slash Filthy Netdeckers if you want to help support us. We would really, really appreciate it. Thank you all. Uh, feel free to share your deck list with us. It makes our jobs that much easier. And that's it. We're done. Two hours into this episode. <laughs> and we're both exhausted. And I have no voice. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Oh, was I supposed to be recording that? Bye.